0: Hello and welcome back to podcasting as practice for another cultural committee episode. I'm David. My pronouns are he and him.
1: Uh, hi, my name is Rob. Uh, my pronouns are he and him.
2: And I'm
3: Alistair, My pronouns
1: are also he and him.
2: Oh yeah, I'm Riley. I'm from Trash Future. My pronouns
0: <laughs> are also he and him. So yeah, Riley, we have you on board for a special cultural committee because we've um, we watched a film that was laser targeted at you and should make you feel bad
2: uh yeah it was and it did
3: <laughs> yeah the, the movie about riley and rob taking me david jamie and james to dinner
1: yeah yeah for a lovely dinner yeah, for, for what is
2: mostly a lovely dinner okay can i tell you yeah. this one I, I really appreciate there's a few things about the this movie i appreciated one of them was that none of the actual objects that are served to them are like Uh, sort of grisly irony. They're just things that would be nice to eat, broadly speaking.
1: (laughs) Oh, God, yeah, I would eat the fuck out of everything on this menu.
2: Yeah,
3: of course you would, Rob. Serving food
2: on a big rock, yes.
0: I'm glad that you said that because I had no context watching this for whether or not that was actual food.
2: Oh, yeah, totally. All of, all of it is 100% <laughs> oh, yeah. actual food. Uh, and all of it's quite good. Because I don't know if you guys knew this. Uh, we are talking about the menu, by the way. The, the movie The Menu, Ray <laughs> yeah. Um I don't know if you guys actually sort of like, clocked this, but like so many people who were involved in making Chef's Table were also involved in making this film.
1: Oh. That does not surprise me at all, because a lot of them, like the actual shots of the dishes with the violin music in the background, that's like, it, that is Chef's Table, like to a T. It's the exact shot and style that they use the, the whole way through. They specifically
0: name drop Chef's Table as well, don't they?
1: Yeah. They do, yeah.
2: It's just, uh, and that's actually why, I, well, I thought this, this film was like stylistically, you know, pretty good and had a pretty good first act. But ultimately, like so many, so much cultural production nowadays, it just, uh, it just descends into pastiche, like, basically after 30 minutes.
0: <laughs> yeah. It did it well, though, I thought. Like, I, I really enjoyed it. Like, it, it was weird, and there was points where I was, like, kind of dropping away from it and not knowing exactly what level it was kind of going to go to. I wasn't sure about it. I was fully really expecting it to be an eat the rich thing at the end, which it wasn't, like, which was nice, I suppose.
2: I, I, it sort of was, but not that... Not that literally, I suppose.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
2: Yeah, much more. Eat, 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 eat with the rich, I suppose, but they're also eating the. Everyone's eating themselves, basically. <laughs> uh, which is, you know, it's, it's a whole sort of society of Ouroboros, I suppose. But, I mean, okay, so. this
3: just in? Everyone is eating. Mm. Yeah.
2: Something to think about. That's, that's food for the, thought, if you will. That's the moral of the story. Is, uh, hey, you know what? Check, really? check out food.
1: yeah (laughs) food's back on the menu we live in a (laughs) we live in a restaurant nods wisely (laughs)
0: Uh, so So, Rob do you you want to take us off
2: Oh sorry, you know, I'm sorry, I'm I'm so used to being the showrunner I have to sit down. You guys you guys <laughs> No, no are. I'm not gonna come do, do, here and yeah, run get, here. Get yeah. back in
3: your fucking high chair, Riley. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> you,
2: you go, you 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 run along. You uh, You. you showrun all uh I just you know what, I you know what I get to do now? I get to be my Cretanist friends who make my job. <laughs> <off>. <laughs>
1: Whereas uh, we just get to be ourselves and we make our own lives hard. Mm. Um, anyway, so yeah, uh, we are talking about uh, The Menu, uh, which is a pretty good movie. Uh, stars uh, Ray Fiennes, Nicholas Holt, Margaret, uh, what's her call? Well, Marjorie Anya, Anya taylor what's Anya taylor Stars Marjorie taylor Green. acting <laughs> debut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was
3: r- rooting for her right up until the end when I realized who she was. <laughs>
1: I mean, she she needs some protein after doing all those incredible curls and like uh, push-ups that I've seen the her in that video this week.
2: The world's greatest pull-ups. <laughs> yeah. Only and you can do upwards of fifty before your shoulder rotator cuff explodes.
3: Yeah, but uh, she, she probably should start with one to be fair.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, it is a movie about the the perils of fine dining uh, and basically. <laughs> Uh, And basically, I'm just going to take you to the plot, and then we'll just talk some shit. And at some point, we're going to stop the episode. Uh, (laughs) We're just
3: going to keep talking, and Um, then it's just going to cut off. And then the attribute is going to play, and you can all go
2: home. Yeah. Yeah, And then we're all going to be killed in a conflagration.
0: Thank God.
1: (laughs) Don't 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 get David excited. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this disclaimer, this podcast is not you self-immolating after listening to this episode. Mm -hmm. Uh, Anyway, uh, we open, uh, or the movie opens basically with Nicholas Holt, one of the invited guests to a very special dinner at uh, Hawthorne, which is clearly like a very, very fancy restaurant, three Michelin star restaurant. I'm fairly sure it's modeled on Noma, uh, really. I Mm -hmm. think it's, yeah, it's Noma, right? With like a touch of El Bulli, I think.
2: I mean... it's sort of a pastiche. That's that's the thing, right? These, all of these restaurants, as they actually exist in the real world, much like this is sort of a pastiche of Chef's Table, a lot of them are kind of pastiches of one another, right? Like when, yes, was, yeah. like when El Bully... And there's even a bit of a reference to that, right? Because what El Bully was known for... So for listeners who don't know, El Bully was a no-longer-open Spanish restaurant run by the Adria Brothers, and it was very, very popular for... Basically, inventing what became known as molecular gastronomy, which isn't really that popular anymore. And that's like creating foams and emulsions and, and sort of taking, reducing olives to an essence and then using alginate to turn them into like pearls and stuff like this, playing with the, like, the physicality and the form of the food. And that was like the main, the main thing in fine dining for quite a while. And then what happened is when Noma kicked off, right? Noma started... <laughs> did, everyone, did
3: everyone over. suddenly realize foam is really annoying?
2: <laughs> sort of.
3: Foam
1: is actually really, really annoying think, most of the time. I think
2: that is actually what happened, especially also because... <laughs> hey, wait a minute. This sucks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> hey.
2: <laughs> hey, you. He's getting away. Um, this guy gave you me a You put down that cauldron. Uh, but so what happened is that then this... This new, they, I think they sort of did what they could in the paradigm, and then it was just endlessly copying itself. There was nowhere left to go. And so Noma comes up, and it creates more of a something like authentic, you might want to call it. When you say authentic, though, it's more like trying to highlight the simplicity of the ingredients themselves, right? So there's a yeah. lot of it's, hyper-
1: it's like, it's, yeah... So go ahead. It's like nature-based versus chemistry-based, basically. Yeah, yeah. so there's a, lot terms of, of there's a
2: lot of foraging. Um, there's a great deal of, say, pickling and preservation and a lot less denaturing of the food and turning it into something else. But also, these trends are cyclical, right? As one of the first fine dining restaurants in California, the French Laundry, one of their, like, showcase desserts was just a single perfect California plum. Right? And that is the best fucking plum you've ever eaten, but how come it's $100? You know, things, of, yes. things of that nature. So it's, what's okay? I, by the
1: way, I'm still upset that I didn't get a reservation at the French Laundry when I was in California yeah. last year. Um, still upset. Yeah,
2: well, uh, you know, hey, why don't Thomas you... Thomas Keller, I
1: assume you're listening. DM me. Why don't
2: you start your own restaurant and turn it into a, a, a devious trap? Uh, but you can even <laughs> see, right, they reference that when one of the diners is served a foam and then I think the restaurant critic is like, oh, I always thought foams were annoying, but this is pretty good. <laughs> you know, so there is a bit of a nod to that. But this is all to say that this isn't really so much of a pastiche of Noma in particular, or you know, uh, or El Bulli in particular, so much as it's a pastiche of that entire category of place, all of which are pastiches of one another, which are you know largely designed to separate the. Um, separate people with more money than cents from, uh, some of the money to bring it down closer to their amount of cents. <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. So essentially, uh, we, we get to, or, or the, the, the viewer, uh, gets to experience uh, a very special service at this very high end restaurant. Uh, it's run by, uh, Ray Fines playing, uh, Chef Slowick. Um, and basically the the rest of the story goes as sort of a, a, a menu, basically. The are sort of title cards. They, it, as, as Riley was saying, it all looks very much like uh, Chef's Table, if you've ever watched that on Netflix. Um, and basically Nicholas Holt at some point almost gives the game away by just saying uh, the, the game is to guess the overarching theme of the dinner. And as the dinner progresses, so does the theme of the evening and also the movie uh, sort of become very, very apparent. Uh, so apart from Nicholas Holt, uh, who's come with Margot, are
2: we okay to do spoilers? Uh, or do oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. Oh yeah, come? yeah, yeah. How co- how the fuck does why the fuck is he taking pictures of everything if he knows he's going to die?
0: Because it's compulsive, <laughs> like. <laughs> Fuck, I hadn't picked mean, that yeah. you, shit. <laughs> if
3: you were about to die, Riley, if you were about to die, you would want the last picture on your Insta to be the sublime picture of a piece of rock with a bunch of food on it, right?
2: Okay. I, I suppose so. I mean it it's just I'm um, guess... <laughs> gonna die
3: tonight, hashtag.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Perfect. Wonderful. Um, yeah, just that seems odd. But yeah, uh, Nicholas Holt being very excited about, you know, I get a bunch of stuff that is very silly. Um but, yeah, but also, the, I, I sort of see my... I, I've, I've talked about food in that way before, in this movie... Oh, God, yes, so have I. <laughs> yeah. Because <Yeah. laughs> well, on the one hand, you, you can be trying to communicate genuine enthusiasm about something, um, <laughs> you know. Uh, but on the other, uh, sometimes, sometimes you can end up, let's just say, in a chef's jacket with your name written on it in Sharpie.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. There's a, there's a difference it, between talking this? with enthusiasm and being a food weeb. And Nicholas Holt is definitely like a food weeb. that's the only way I can, can try to describe of, it. No,
0: I'm not. I'm not having him described as a food weeb by the guy who just screams the word "small plates" at me anytime I talk about food. <laughs> I feel like
3: this episode is going to devolve into something of a struggle session for Robyn Riley. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, apart from yeah, so Nicholas Holt and uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene, uh, there's uh, some other guests <laughs> whose whose who's backstories we we get into. Uh, there's uh, three basically like uh, veggie capital pricks. Uh, there's an elderly couple uh, where uh, the guy immediately recognizes uh, and tries to distance himself from Margot. Uh, there's a food critic. Let's call her critic.
2: by real name, Marjorie Taylor Greene. Come on.
1: Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a there's a food critic called uh, Lillian Bloom who brings along, essentially like a little Renfield, a guy called Paul who just agrees with her. Um, And there's a semi-famous guy uh, played by John Leguizamo and his assistant who is sort of going there as a pitch to because he wants to do, like, his own food travel show. Basically, he wants to be a very bad version of what Anthony Bourdain uh, did and is now, like, the most common... That's another
2: vision. That's another vision of how this is a a pastiche, right? Because...
1: I know he's not Bourdain, but he's all the food food travel writer uh, tv presenter guys
2: yeah it it really it's it does and the fact that he directly references bourdain by saying oh yeah i'm gonna go to i'm gonna gonna go to some village try a taco and then i'm gonna conclude that racism is bad it's like it's like (laughs) what you have done is you've just sort of summarized you've summarized a lot of those like i don't know mindful travel food shows that sort of bourdain kind of kicked off Again, this is why I feel like this movie is at its least strong when it's just a series of grudges being taken out against people the director finds annoying.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I suppose it's difficult to land criticism like that when the person you're trying to criticize is fucking kind of right, pretty much. Yeah.
2: Sorry, please carry on.
1: Uh, anyway, so uh, they're on they're on the boat to the island, and we get our first course: uh, the the amuse raw oyster uh, with a mignonette emulsion, lemon caviar, and an oyster leaf. It's essentially a very fancy oyster with some nice things on it. It looks incredible, and I would eat it. Um, yep. and, but yeah. Basically, we just we go to the island where uh, we meet the head of service, uh, Elsa, who immediately uh, notices that um, Marjorie Taylor Greene is there, but she is not supposed to be there. Um, No, it was supposed to be Anya
0: Taylor-Joy, but um, yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And we get the, the, the this, you know, also part of like the sort of the fancy nature of fine dining is you get a tour of the grounds because, of course, they grow their own vegetables and they forage for their own uh, produce. They get uh, scallops live from the surf, etc cetera, et cetera. Um, except for the two elderly people who just say, oh, we've done the tour so many times. Uh, we're just going to skip straight to the restaurant and get to drinking. Um I think we also need to nail on
3: how fucking annoying Holt is like this entire like, like the incredibly entire lead annoying. up to get into get into the getting on the boat, getting to the island, like um uh, Anya Taylor Green uh, is smoking <laughs> a cigarette at one point and he's like, No, you're gonna ruin your palate, you fucking clown. <laughs> well, it's just like, fuck off, you dude. Know,
0: Come I on.
1: Mean, he's
2: not
3: wrong.
1: Riley <laughs> <laughs> course, Yeah, sorry, like Shut up
3: <laughs> if you're paying for someone to be there like they can do what the fuck they want
1: <laughs> yeah it was just kind of a shame you know like sorry but it's it's kind of a shame <laughs> like you know like they, they put real effort into that shit um, yeah we see, we see a little bit of how the cooks live as well they live in like a big sort of I don't know army Quonset hut together uh, in very spartan living quarters because all they do all day 18 hours a day is cook uh, which is about you know, about correct for like the average life and enjoyment of people who work, uh, you know, who are not the chef in these very expensive restaurants. Um, yeah, I mean, that's
2: a, this is something that's sort of come to light, I think, in a more systematic way more recently. In that, I, I think probably, I, per, I I don't I think the film could have dealt with a little would have been almost a more interesting thing for this movie to deal with is the fact of the uh, the, the the fact of like. How common what are essentially unpaid internships are in the extremely yeah. high end restaurant game? Um, how the the entire industry in many in many ways is premised on much like the art market right is premised on places becoming so prominent among such you know, among this sort of um, crowd of tastemakers that simply by being associated with them you have a good bet of doing something bigger later on and thereby creating a system where they can more or less not pay their staff i mean the reason that noma is closing is because they couldn't turn a profit while paying anyone right yeah and that they do create these cults around these chefs and so on and so on and the fact what i think find sort of unsatisfying about this movie is that rather than focus on that element it's just sort of taken as red that this chef now has a cult of his kitchen staff around him. Uh, there's no... I, I think that's almost the more interesting movie is 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 the creation of the cult itself as opposed to taking it as red.
1: Yeah, I mean, there, 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 there are like memoirs and stuff out there of people who worked at Noma and worked at El Bulli and that kind of stuff where right? it's just like... They want to work there so so bad and then they work for nothing for six months and all they do is literally just like make very tiny drips of like lemon fluid or something so and then in you know encase it, so you get like fake caviar pearls and you just do that for six months straight i don't know if you learn much but afterwards like there's investors around the block because you can say well i've worked at the most Famous restaurant. So it's, it's, yeah. I agree with you. It was a bit, I mean, you do, we do get to like, I won't say meet, but like interact a little bit with like two of his sous chefs, but it's, it's, uh, the rest of the staff is essentially like just a, a sort of a series of automatons that exist to, do uh Ray Fienes' bidding. Which, you know, to be fair, the like the the dehumanizing aspect and the army aspects of, of high end kitchens is well attested to. That's also how they're designed. And you know, I think that it is part of the commentary actually that these people sort of are nigh automaton like.
0: It's yet another um industry in which if only they had been sort of militantly unionized, none of this might have happened. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah, we could have. Been, we could have. Been, it's, it could have been uh, uh, Hungarian cafes for all. Uh, I'm not being sarcastic, <laughs> what I, I? love those. They're so good.
1: So uh, we get another scene of uh, Nicholas Holt Tyler just being an absolute prick uh, all over again. Where one of the chefs, uh, what well, the sous chef knows his name uh, when he when he asks a question about like a piece of kit. Uh, afterwards, uh, Anna Taylor Joyce says, "Oh, I noticed that you didn't ask for." his name and that's of course because uh Tyler is the super fan and he's not interested in the minions he's only interested in the chef like the the the, cele- the celeb quite literally the the celebrity chef the chef and the Gougars right yes very much uh anyway we get to uh, the amuse portion uh cucumber melon with milk snow and charred lace uh served with what I thought was a very nice glass of uh, Premier uh And we get uh, uh, exposed... I'm going to have to agree with David here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What? Do you not think that it was the right pairing?
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Does it it go with Buckfast?
1: (laughs) Yeah, why not? Fuck it. Buckfast goes, even. Yeah, Buckfast is like champagne. If you're at a loss to serve as a a wine pairing, you could either serve (laughs) Buckfast or champagne.
2: I I think that... um, I think we could get, so, we could probably, okay, look, there's only one wine region of France that's currently, like, growing in value and making lots of money, and that's Burgundy. Um, so I think, and that's where this is from, so we can't do this plan here, but here's, here's the plan, right? You know where is, like, valuations are dropping like a stone because it's very uncool? Bordeaux. Bordeaux is fabulously uncool. Uh, so they need a shot in the arm, they need something that's going to, like, reconnect them with the youth. So here's my idea. <laughs> we get some of the, the best chateaus in, in Bordeaux. I mean, like, um, like, like Latour, uh, Lafitte Rothschild, the, the top of the top. We get them to release a caffeinated range, a hyper-caffeinated <laughs> range. Of French
3: tonic wine. <laughs> oh, my <Yeah>. God. <laughs> well,
2: and then and we could you know, we sweeten it up a little bit. And then we have a competitor. To, we have a middle-class competitor to Buckfast. So yeah, what do we think,
0: I, I think that's I, an I incredible think that's millions. If you want that west of Scotland market, what you do is just make a point of making sure that they're a different type of monk that puts all this together and just create a little sectarian divide between the two instant out in Glasgow. <laughs> 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 I good. mean, it, like,
2: it's, it's what we'll have, um, what we can find like the only like Protestant chateau in, um... <laughs> <laughs> You know, we we can even we can set up like um like a beef, you know mm-hmm. Like, like, mm-hmm. The East, like like the like the East Coast West Coast rap beef in the nineteen nineties. It'll be that, but <laughs> for different kinds of um, wine based uh, beverages that kill you.
1: Fantastic. Yeah, we can we can even reintroduce the uh, the tonsure as a hairstyle. I think you know that's that's o- long overdue for a comeback. Copyright,
0: copyright, original <sighs> idea. Do not steal.
1: I'll create the wiki. Uh, <laughs> Uh, essentially, during this uh, the 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 Amuse series, we are introduced to the conflict between be, between some of the other diners, as well as between the diners and uh, the, the chef. Uh, there's the sort of weary, entitled, cynic who just goes, "Well, it's good, but is it that good?" And just wants to lose. Use very expensive words all the time. Uh, John Leguizamo's assistant wants to leave uh, to do a co-exec in development, development or something incredible. Uh, he doesn't want her to leave, and the tech bros just are just pricks who value uh, work and money and the appearance of going to the restaurant without appreciating the actual uh, food. Oh, and there's an old woman uh, in the corner getting shitfaced. That'll be explained uh, later on. And uh, we get more incredibly fatuous statements from uh, Tyler, Nicholas Holt, saying that um, uh, like sports heroes, artists, none of that matters because it's only chefs that play with the raw materials of life and death, which is a, (laughs) which is really it
3: really it's surprising somewhat to me the amount of. Alchemy sensation, like vibes that are coming off this entire like episode so far. Like it feels like someone's gonna try and like transmute one of like a piece of steak into a bar into a bar of gold, and that's gonna be like a meal.
1: <laughs> uh, I mean, that that, that that would solve the debt ceiling crisis, I think. Um, anyway, but no, um... it'll be <laughs> worth a trillion. They have. <laughs> you, if you're
2: not gonna be able to solve the debt ceiling crisis, unless uh, the the Fed agrees to deposit the coin. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, and then we're introduced to the first uh, real course which is known as the island it's the uh, you know it's a representation of the island that they're on uh, where Hawthorne is on it's a collection of locally foraged plants uh, covered in and scallops uh, covered in frozen seawater that slowly thaws while you eat thus uh, providing the salt on a dish that you would otherwise not not get um, I it assumed does- it was
3: a tribute to the uh, to the film of the same name
1: it's it it's i mean it looks incredibly good like i would i would really enjoy eating that i thought the presentation was a bit over the top but you know it's it's uh but yeah it just looks incredible like i would i would yeah
3: (laughs) these plates are far too small says Rob. Mm -hmm. (laughs) rob i
2: think you wouldn't be in danger of being killed at all through no amount of like cleverness or um or resourcefulness he would just be unable to kill you because you'd come in and you would just you know you'd you'd say oh, so can could i can i swap this out please for some buck fast and then a box of chips <laughs> like okay fuck. i don't know how you got here but fine you don't have we don't have to kill you
1: <laughs> well i mean that is how you how you as it turns out how you escape this this restaurant in the in the first place mm-hmm. um and we get like a, a ray finds doing really uh, doing sort of an opening speech and with you know a nice line in uh, in having very dead eyes and saying that the restaurant is not a place to eat but to savor and relish uh, but not to eat because to eat is common whereas to appreciate food is divine basically uh a, a, a sort of a weird little speech at which uh, Tyler uh, literally starts crying, which is incredibly funny. Uh, <laughs> followed by maybe the most like ab- abstract of all the uh, of all the courses, the 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 bread course, which is the course that ha- is a a breadless bread plate. Uh, Ray finds explains that poor people throughout history have always eaten a lot of bread. Um, the rich. Don't have to eat a lot of bread because they have money, uh, and for all the people who are there, who've obviously paid a small fortune to be there, like I think they stated, it's like twelve hundred and fifty dollars a head to yeah. be the, at the menu, <laughs> so they don't get. I bread. did actually,
3: I did actually take issue with um, Ralph Fiennes saying that uh, bread is for the common man on in this scene, because bread is like famously like a very stratified foodstuff up until very very recently where we had where we've had like industrialized. You know, food production. Because, like, if you if you were rich in the in the like medieval period, your bread would be white bread because it would be it is harder to make that stuff. Like, you'd still be eating bread. It's still a staple food, mm. and that just bothered me. Get your fucking history right if you're going to be a
2: hoity-toity restaurant.
0: <laughs> Famously, there's never been a need to call for bread and roses.
2: Ooh, slow it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah also, take that. Also, the other thing, right, is that the. Uh, it- it, it, it's, actually what's, what's happened is that these sort of th- there are three large staple crops that have, um, let's say had not similar rises in popularity as they've all moved, I'd think one clockwise globally. But uh, what's happened is that uh, a lot of ancient grains, remember this is rises in percentage consumed, not an absolute amount. but there's been a, a lot of ancient grains, millets, uh, and so forth have, were very popular in uh, Africa and South America uh, sub-Saharan Africa and South America have now become more popular in North America and Europe. Wheat has become extremely popular in East Asia, so Japan, China, Vietnam, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and then rice has become more popular in, uh, in, 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 in Africa uh in sub-saharan africa and south america having been very popular uh in in asia so it's also like the 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 simple idea of like well this is what bread is and always has been is yeah. sort of a let's it, say it's a bit of an oversimplification but you know we can we can forgive the menu this uh this little bit of ahistoricism <laughs> as it's trying to make what is ultimately a pretty uh, i think hand-fisted bit
1: of class analysis mm. Although it is pretty funny when uh the, the food critic says that, that one of the emulsions is, is split and then gets like a giant bowl, like an aquarium sized bowl of it. That that I, I I know it's just surface level stuff, but I just really enjoyed it. Like that's the, the, the there's good things happening. Essentially as long with every course the menu the the movie and like the everything the, the goings on gets get get stranger and stranger until you find out what's going on, why the diners are there, because obviously none of this is um, by by accident. And um, Anna Taylor-Joy, um, Margot is the only one who, mm. is, I don't know, is it, <laughs> she called Anna Taylor? I keep forgetting. Bye. Yeah, it is Anna
0: Taylor-Joy, <laughs> yeah, but you've you've got this insistence for um, internal consistency sometimes that you're just not applying today, Rob, so you need to say Marjorie Taylor-Green.
1: Yeah,
3: See, this is what happens when Riley's not in charge. <laughs> <laughs> just, starts tr- just starts trying to put people
1: off. Um, she is the only one who says this is like a bullshit course because literally it's just like a big plate with like six small bits of condiment that you would normally like dip bread in or something. It's, uh, I, I mean, it it looks quite good and I would still eat it. Fuck up, Rob, like she's of-
0: right. She's right. <laughs> Sharp. <laughs>
3: They put they put a breadless plate a breadless uh, bread plate yeah, underneath br- this big box with a stick underneath it and Rob's <laughs> like, Oh yeah absolutely I'm going for that. i am going I can get out in time.
0: I can get the yeah, same experience I, by grazing at the condiment table at a weatherspoon's like no, Rob, <laughs> she's right.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm afraid Rob, I think you're on your own on this one. i I get pretty annoyed when stuff tries to be a little too clever.
1: Oh, yeah, that would be, yeah, me too, but I would still try it just out of interest. I don't think I would order it off the menu, but, you know, if, if it's given to me. Like, I'm you know, annoyed, be- but I'm still going to eat it. Yes, yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, Then, basically, it is at this point that uh, during the third course, uh, which is a memory of Taco Night, uh, how smoked chicken thigh al pastor with homemade taco shells, um, that things become a bit more obvious in terms of why the guests that are selected uh, are there. So the restaurant critic um, gets laser printed on her tortillas, gets a long list of restaurants that have closed due to her bad reviews. Um, The... Obviously, not very happy. Married couple um, gets there are pictures printed on his taco of him with another woman. Um, of uh, Nicholas Hort, Tyler, there are pic- he's um, there's little engravings of him taking pictures of the dishes, even though he's been specifically asked to stop doing that. <laughs> um, John Leguizamo gets the uh, movie poster of a movie called Doctor Sunshine, uh, uh, which is. Terrible, essentially, and the ve- the three venture capital guys are uh, given prints of bank statements and wire transfers for the company they work for, whose owner is the like the billionaire sponsor and backer of this entire of the Hawthorne restaurant. Coincidentally, this is the course that I that like
3: one of the courses on the menu that I found the most appetizing. Well, it's oh yeah, look-
2: one of the more well. Also, the other thing, the, the other ones. I mean, look the the beef one that comes later, like. That looks pretty good. Mm, The problem is it was accompanied with horror. And I don't consider um, a sort of jolting surprise to be quite as um, compelling when... I I don't want to have a grisly reminder of mortality while I'm trying to eat something that really is a grisly reminder of mortality. Don't foreground it for me. This is the last one I could reasonably have enjoyed... But again, like, if I were, look, if I were Chef Julian Slowick, I, what would I have printed on the sort of, on the, on the homemade, uh, you know, maize taco thingy at all? Is I would have printed uh, the poster for the movie Land of the Dead on John Leguizamo's taco and then given him a big thumbs up because Land of the Dead is a great movie. <laughs>
1: I would have printed a uh, 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 in a near meta style. I would have printed the poster of uh, the movie Chef, which is quite enjoyable with John Favreau, where he's uh, so the a, diff- a
2: different John.
1: No, that's also John Leguizamo. Oh, there's, he's a, he's there's a... Leguizamo and
2: Favreau are both in.
1: It. Yeah, yeah, they're both in there. Have you? How have you not seen Chef? That's such a good movie. I you did. I it. had
2: seen Chef. I just I was just disappointed because there wasn't that much actual cooking in it.
1: <laughs> eh, that was enough it's just like a, it's there's, a, yeah, there's, like, there's
2: one there's like one scene where he makes something cool I and mean, then it's just like all right Cuban sandwiches let's make them for a couple yep. hours like,
1: all <laughs> right, yeah but those are it. so good though do you did you not want a cubano after that
2: well I mean look if I'm watching a whole movie that goes for several hours I don't want to be like hope you're excited to see another Cuban sandwich being made guess what we're making you know
3: <laughs> I think honestly I well, you got Vince of... the Cubans Riley
2: uh, you know, look, what you you don't think I'm uh, I, I'm I'm interested in seeing a Guzano sandwich? I I know that the last real president <laughs> of the United States died in Dealey Plaza that fateful day, and I will not be having a sandwich that honors those that murdered him.
1: <laughs> I have a strong feeling you're about to be hit with the uh, Havana Syndrome ray gun in in you know, mm-hmm. in the very near yeah, they, future. They, they, yeah, you,
2: no, that gives you Cubano syndrome where you're really full.
3: and cures the the other ray gun problem so yeah
1: match made in heaven yeah like yeah your humors are balanced out uh, in the end yeah exactly (laughs) Um, Holt just becomes incredibly weepy and he wants to like go to the chef and beg for forgiveness for taking pictures of the dishes uh, because he's 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 the number one food fanboy uh, in the room um, after which, like, Marjorie Taylor Greene just says, "Look, you're just being a big weirdo," um, and has a fight. Uh, then goes to the bathroom to to have another smoke with the window open, which is just incredibly good. Um, yep. You would sneak you would sneak off to the bathroom as well for a for a, for a cleansing cleansing cigarette. Or right? I mean, absolutely do that. Yeah, There's no, Dave be would be vaping hat, at can't? the
3: table.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> hey, chef, can you pair something with this vape? It's um, grape cotton candy flavored. <laughs> I don't know the nicotine content. It's it's from a country that no longer exists.
3: <laughs> ripping that ripping that fat cotton all over the rest of the other guests just to just to make a point.
2: Just walking over to their tables, just sitting down, asking, just taking, turning the chair of, around, taking some food off their plate, and then asking after you have already eaten it. <laughs> um, asking them to like get involved in crypto stuff i think that'd be a lot of fun you know just re- really causing chaos in there say so, oh oh, the best thing would be saying you're about to do a sweet vape trick and then just completely fucking up <laughs> <laughs> like trying to blow smoke rings and then just coughing all over someone's plate of yes. like i don't know a, like a clever scallop or whatever That's that's how we're going to save these people from the um from the designs of julian slowick is through the the magic of Öftum. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, so it's the the the, the fourth course. Uh, Riley was already uh, alluding to it. It's when the uh, the uh, it's called the mess uh, pressure cooked fillet of beef, roasted vegetables, bone marrow. It lo- looks incredibly good uh, with a nice glass of Cabernet Franc. Um, but like, yeah. Uh, so this is where um, uh, this
2: is where I start taking issue with some of the pairings here.
1: <laughs> yeah. you
2: said it was. You said it was a. It was a pressure cooked fillet, right? Yeah. No, you. Th- you want a Merlot with that? Not a Cab Franc. You don't want to double down on the herbiness. You want to. You want to have a sort of more, a more sort of plummy sweet wine, or you're gonna be, you're gonna be duplicating your flavors. Wrong. I have a
3: feeling that the sous chef would be sh- be shooting Riley in the head first and then himself.
2: <laughs> Whatever. I'm gonna die soon anyway. I'd rather die
1: right. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so this is why we're briefly introduced before he passes uh, uh quickly uh, to Sh- sous chef jeremy loudon uh who um Ray Fiennes tells the story that the sous-chef wants to be like him, wants to have his career, but essentially he's just not good enough um, and he will never be good enough. So the point of the sous-chef life is futile and this might as well, uh, you know, stop existing. Uh, and as uh, Ray Fiennes says, there is no way of avoiding the mess. Essentially, that comes with trying to please people you will never really know and trying to achieve perfection, which doesn't really exist. Uh, after which... Um, sous-chef Jer- Jeremy takes a gun and uh, ends his own life in the middle of the dining room. After which, uh, a, a a light amount of panic <laughs> sets in. I think for you know, and uh, and 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 the rest of the rest of the um,
3: restaurant crew tastefully wrap him up in the tarp that he was uh, helpfully stood on top of.
1: Yeah, and uh, yeah, they think and, and of everything. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like service is a really important part of uh, Michelin ratings as well. Like, you don't get two or three Michelin star rating until, unless your service is as perfect as the food itself. So you know, yeah, like, you get
3: one one Michelin star per uh, sous chef that's shot their own brains out.
1: <laughs> no, you look. It's also about repetition. Like, you need to have the exact same cloths and the exact same attention to dinner. every yeah, if you get the blood, time st- the if you get the comes, blood
3: stain. If you can get the blood stain in the exact same pattern, that's it. Like you're shooing.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like it's it's you know like it's not about incidental good cooking. It's about consistency over time. It's one of the things that Michelin, the Michelin guides, rates very highly. Um, so you know maybe this happens every night. Uh, yeah. So essentially, the the, the sous chef uh, kills himself and then. Uh, one of the the elder the elderly couple, the man tries to leave uh because he says I'll just call a helicopter, uh, is stopped by I, I think the wait staff and has his uh finger cut off from his hand because, you know, he's not Playing along with the games of the menu, um, and basically everybody sits down because they realise that they are sort of trapped in a situation they are never going to be escaping from anyway. So there's they cease to try to struggle well, quicker than you would assume, than maybe you you yourself would given the the circumstances.
2: Uh, I don't I don't know how much str- look I don't know how much struggle it. Okay, hey, I'm gonna start again. Y- we all know the go- the test of the Gom Jabbar, right? <laughs> <laughs> of yeah, course, it's Rafe finds has placed a color, a kind of uh, you might say, housemade uh, artisanal gom jabar with poison that we've actually fermented in our own kitchen here with locally sourced <laughs> ingredients. And uh, if you we, if you place your hand in this box of a really creepy dinner, uh, then you must simply be calm and wait for the time when the time is apt to pull your hand out of the box. Otherwise, I'm going to kill you with my creepy dinner. And I actually think that, you know, if, if any of them were smart, they would have reacted similarly, just, you know, waiting for their time to strike, which I suppose is sort of what Marjorie Taylor Greene ended up being doing. Ended up being doing? Ah, what good talking I'm doing. Uh, that's what Marjorie Taylor Greene ended up doing, was uh, sort of passing the test of the Gom Jabbar. So I guess we also found out that uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene is the Kwisatz Haderach, which I sort of suspected the whole time.
1: Hmm. <laughs> Yeah, a mind
3: that's... powerful enough to bend taste and time.
2: <laughs> yeah, they have a, like we have a perfectly blue tongue. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Uh, bbar that's sort of an ongoing series of dialogues between ray fines and marjorie taylor green uh because he said he keeps saying you shouldn't be here you shouldn't be here uh and in the end uh, uh he offers her a choice She, she's, he says you have to choose between being an eater being a sort of an elite in the dining room or being with us among the service staff uh, between those who give and those who take and she's given i think like a 15 minute uh, egg timer to choose on, on on which side of the fairly obviously described class divide uh, she, she falls. Um, then we get to uh, the fifth course, which is a little nice little palate cleanser. Uh, some ber- bergamot and uh, red clover tea. Looks nice. Uh, nice, you know, good presentation. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, nice, n- nice cup of tea <laughs> in between the acts. It's a fucking cup of tea. Um, you know? we, we- no, it's it's not just a cup of tea. Like if you have oh, like I don't know if you have like a, <laughs> it, it, it can cuts just like if you just have like a PG tips or something, it just it 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 wouldn't work because it's not cleansing. You're just introducing like a lot of you know bitterness and maybe sugars. And whereas what you want is something to you know help digestion and sort of ease you into the yeah. Next you don't course. you
3: don't want to have the wrong tea after someone just shot themselves in the head in front of you, do you? Like well, it just exactly. really fucks up the vibe. Yeah,
0: like do you know what would go know, where well there
1: though. Buckfast. Buckfast. <laughs>
2: I'm sensing a bit of a pattern here. Mm. Uh, hot buckfast, cold buckfast. We've so we've used some um, some agar agar to gelatinize uh, buckfast into a shape of a buckfast bottle. Uh, you know, we've we've actually what we've done is we have denatured buckfast so it's clear, frozen it, and then we have shredded that that frozen denatured buckfast. Onto uh, a deep-fried Mars bar. Uh, it's it's the Sc- it's the Scottish Michelin-starred restaurant. every kidding. I know there are, I know there are Michelin-starred restaurants in Scotland. That are yeah, places.
0: but none of them serve that for some fucking yeah, reason.
2: <laughs> yeah, like it costs upwards of fifteen pounds. <laughs>
1: Uh, yeah, essentially then we get to uh, a, a full explanation by Ray finds why the diners are there. Uh, essentially, for various reasons, they are all meant to die at the end of the dinner because they, all of them represent facets of everything that variously is variously deserve it. <laughs> Yeah, they, essentially they deserve it for various reasons and they represent various aspects of why modern dining is insufferable uh, and also why uh, Ray finds his life and that of his kitchen stuff is insufferable and the only way out is to sort of collectively die to expiate uh, their sins. We we then do get a very nice little scene where the guy who um, sponsors the restaurant, we don't really see but is talked about, uh, uh, is dressed up like a big angel and then submerged underwater, just so he's he's just so Ray Fiennes can be free of his uh, his patron, which is a, It's a very nice touch. It you know the little moment of silence <laughs> when the last bubbles come up. It, it it it's something that I I envisaged doing in my uh, in my brighter moments. <laughs> uh, or submerging all the patrons in, in, underwater. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just so, so I can be free of this podcast, so I can at last be quiet. I wrote so many oh, fucking shows oh, today. I'm
2: sorry. No, I t- I've, I've tried that. It doesn't work. You just wake up in bed the next day with recording scheduled.
1: <laughs> oh. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah, essentially, blah, blah, blah. So the the VC prick uh, gets angel wings put on and then drowned in the water. Uh, There's another failed uh, uh, breakout as the Veg Capital guys and John Leguizamo try to throw a chair through the window. Turns out the window is bulletproof, so... (laughs) Damn, they thought of everything. Uh, and we finally have sort of a, 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 an almost revolution, a resolution uh, between, uh, you know, the question of Margot One, what is she actually doing here? It turns out that uh, Margot is actually a sex worker uh, and has been hired by Nicholas Holt for the evening because he needs a date. And uh, she knows one of the other patrons in the room from a previous experience. And they have a sort of, I don't know, it's, it's again, this is a bit, a bit of a very like, Crass, you know, us and them, uh, class analysis. Uh, you know, there are the people who serve the wealthy in in all res- respects, and there are, you know, those who 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 t- who take. It's the it's the same sort of dialogue. It's it's I don't know chart level mm. dialectics that that's been uh, playing throughout the the movie. Um, that is fine, and unattain-
0: hmm? no, it's Yeah, it's pretty good. A like I'm not. It. Yeah. Yeah,
1: and it was like it, I mean, it was I very mean we subtle.
0: weren't expecting
3: to get. I was going to say, we weren't exactly expecting to get, like, a fillet of beef on top of, like, a copy of Capital, were we? <laughs> well,
2: maybe you should start that restaurant.
3: <laughs> yeah,
2: if we can, like, laser-edge th- tacos. Marks
3: had failed to consider the uh, <laughs> <laughs> the serving, pattern, serving yeah. method of uh, on serving on sheets of Capital, yeah.
0: The entire brigade all <laughs> fucking done up in linen coats, sweating their tits off to get the meals out. <laughs>
1: Yeah, opening a restaurant where you just only serve chapatis with like a uh, of the Grundrisse laser etched on them. I think I think we could uh, <laughs> I think we could go somewhere. Uh, then we get to the sixth course, uh, which um, is called Man's Folly. Uh, Basically, it's a little excursion outside. It's a little run in the woods. Um, it's presented by another sous chef, Catherine Keller. Um, she explains that uh, Ray finds Chef Slowick, uh, had tried to uh, fuck her before. She refused several times. And then he, sort of in punishment, didn't talk to her for eight months straight while she kept working in the restaurant, uh, sort of you know, punishing her for not giving in to his advances. But then during this moment where everything is resolved because it's the last evening in the restaurant if you hadn't guessed it yet um just stands there while she gets to stab him uh in the dick and balls with a set of small kitchen scissors wait what i'm pretty sure that was in the the leg leg. yeah it it was the leg leg. oh i was i was fairly (laughs) sure it was the dick and yeah it
0: was in the leg in the same way that he (laughs) stabbed his dad which was explained earlier but was skipped over
1: so the men all are, are all given a chance to run away and see if they can escape the island, which, of course, uh, they don't. Uh, but they're given a 45-second head start. And essentially, apart from Nicholas Holt, uh, they all run for it. I think Tyler, uh, Nicholas Holt's character doesn't actually want to run uh, for his own safety, but I think he just wants to stay because he's worried he's going to miss the next course. Which, to be fair, that mm-hmm. does look really good when it's uh, when it comes out and it's plated, it. unless you know there's, there's something wrong with that too. The Dungeons <sighs> crab with yogurt, whey, dried sea lettuce, umeboshi, and kelp. It did you look know, pretty good. You know, good.
3: I made the joke earlier about Rob being like tempted under a box with a stick.
1: Mm. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but that could be really, yeah, really good things in that box, Alistair. Yeah, like,
2: look, you could the, the stick could be made of Hinoki wood, for example, yeah. and then he'd he, he pull the he'd get under the box, and pull the stick out himself because he'd want to get a closer look at the Hinoki wood stick.
1: <laughs> yeah, it could be a really good stick, you know. <laughs> little aside, but oh my god, um, did you see
2: that Monocle has this new article about this stick that's under this box. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Although I will say, in, 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 not in my defense, but, you know, uh, uh, right before Christmas, my partner, uh, we, ha- we have a dog. And uh, my partner wanted to get the, the dog, uh, uh, something to stop him from chewing on quite so many things. So my partner uh, ordered the dog a stick and it's made from, uh, 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 it's a piece of like old German vine. Uh, apparently that's really good for ge- dogs to stick on. To, for dogs to, to chew on because like it doesn't splinter so much so there's no risk of him being being injured so now our dog chews on like a, a, a 10 euro uh stick of old german vine and and
0: how are you enjoying the stick, rob
1: <laughs> it's really nice underneath the uh, earthy underneath tones this box. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, so the men try to run for it. They all fail. Uh, the last one uh, who uh, to get caught does get like a very nice little little intermission. The the play on the egg, which again, you know, I wouldn't mind eating. It's not my favorite thing, but you know, I I take it. Um, yeah,
0: the good boy always gets his dinner egg. <laughs>
1: And then when we come back in, uh, Tyler just can't stop being like the world's biggest food fanboy. And he keeps trying to snag bites of the the, the, the dish that's only served to the women, which is like just an incredible little scene. Um, and this is where we find out... Uh, why tyler is there because that hasn't really been explained before um yeah. essentially he's uh, he's called up uh, by chef slowick but he's still trying to stuff his face with bread which is weird i don't know why he found the bread because uh, it was supposed to be a no bread dinner uh, or a no bread course i don't know um but he he was invited eight months before but with the express statement that if you come we will kill you um at the end of the meal um but this his to me original just
2: sounds like a commentary on the one time that that German guy was like, "Yes, please come eat my penis and then kill me. This is going to be very satisfying." I've taken that out in the classifieds in order for someone to do this. Uh, you know, this is this is just a version of that, but with a few more you know bells and whistles. We like yeah. we like to elevate a dish.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, with with I think the the you know the the small snag there is that um, with in that case I think both. The the man who was you know who was giving dinner and the man eating dinner were sort of both in on it. It seemed quite voluntary on both sides. Uh, whereas um, uh, Tyler just hires Margot uh, for the evening without informing her that she will be killed at the end of the evening. Um, why does he do this? Be- that's because Tyler knows that this restaurant. Doesn't take reservations for one person. So if he wants to eat the best meal of his life, he has to invite uh, um, someone, and that someone is Marjorie Taylor Greene. <laughs> and essentially, then we get to uh, the part that you know felt felt a little personal to me as well. Is that uh, it's, it? Basically, explained that Nicholas Holt is sort of a a stand-in for like the food superfan, like the 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 foodie person. Uh, who needs to be uh, slaughtered for essentially a creating images of perfection that cannot be lived up to and b for demystifying a kitchen and turning it into spectator sport like the food is no longer just brought to you and you can enjoy it yes or no it's like you want to know everything about it you need to know the machinery or the kit that's been used to make it and it it has demystified yeah it has demystified the kitchen it's no longer a romantic place but it's sort of a a cold dead space where it's really it's really just about being a a spectator and and uh yeah like just kind of yeah being a food weep essentially which is not not allowed
2: that's right well look i mean uh i i i did sort of take some not exception necessarily because it's right but uh you know it's it's not nice when a movie says that you should be killed, but I'll take it on the ship. Uh The one, the one thing I think, I, the one thing I, I have in my favor against the being killed. Uh, so being killed, there's lots. Not being killed, I do have that. How I came to my like love of this kind of thing was through working in kitchens.
1: Oh, oh, god, you did that too? Yeah, no, that's that's
2: oh
3: so you both got the same brain disease that's good to know
1: yeah. some some prion
3: that you pick up when you're handling raw chicken or quail or i don't know scallops i don't know
2: yeah it's uh it's it's what happens when you wipe some sweat off your forehead with with raw chicken and quail and then you know a little bit of it drips it, it fuses into your brain through the uh through the skin and then the next time you see someone be like, I have taken this olive and rendered it back into a tree form, you just clap like a stupid little baby fucking seal.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I mean, just think of the effort that went into that. Like, how, how was that done? I mean, you know, that's that. Uh, there are important questions that need to be asked, um, you know. Oh, the Yes. Just, <laughs> shut up. <laughs>
3: That was the most strained yes I think we've had yet. From yeah, Rob. <laughs> that
0: one'll be getting clipped as well.
3: I did. I did really appreciate the the <laughs> true degradation of him putting the jacket on and then having, as as uh, Riley mentioned earlier, having his name written on in Sharpie, <laughs> just to just to really like hammer it at home, just how much of a piece of shit he is.
0: Yeah, that was good. I really the entire I mean, scene with the... watching them fucking having to cook and just like being nice, be nice with you what uh leek uh shallots uh lamb and some butter and then just like fucking it completely that was that was real nice
1: i mean to be to, to be fair that is the the fault of, of a lot of modern foodies is that they want to talk about they want to talk about the food and watch the food shows and watch chef's table they don't actually want to put the hours in and you know learn how to how to how to do some things for themselves and quite frankly that's you know that's enough of reason for for less for chef's
3: table more kitchen nightmares
1: <laughs> no just like you know i think there's there's just like too many people now who just what to absorb like the food television and aren't um, you know it's like there, there's too many cooking shows. It's like nobody ever tries to make the recipes. You know, it's just it's weird comfort food. It's weird like comfort watching, and I don't really understand it. It's like why do you not, do you not want to try it? Because I'm like you know should try try making it because it looks cool, mm-hmm. it looks good. And under
0: no circumstances will we extend this metaphor to podcasting.
1: No, no, <laughs> of course not. Obviously not. You know, we we perform. We perform a critical function in society, you shut up.
3: <laughs> Look, I'm happy for the spotlight to be on Rob and Riley, but not on me. <laughs> and...
0: I'm sorry for leveling the field.
2: I was happy here in the, as, a, as, a, as a dispassionate observer enjoying the suffering of others. The, the fact that I have now been made to, be, to take center stage in this kangaroo court... It seems somewhat unfair to me. A simple, a mere country observer. (laughs) Why, I've taken a third position. Don't you understand? Third!
1: (laughs) No, you cannot see it. Uh, anyway, uh, after Tyler completely uh, uh, f- fucks the dish and makes something inedible, uh, which is does come up with like a wonderful little chef's table style uh, 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 dish card, and it does say Tyler's bullshit, which is quite yeah. nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, Tyler takes off his jacket. Um, Chef Slowick whispers something to him. Uh, he walks off and basically just hangs himself in the in the pantry. Um, yeah. Uh, There's some other stuff that happens um, That it's I don't know. It's not really worth getting that much into Uh, But it does turn out that with as a nice little touch uh, John Leguizamo because his presence hasn't been explained before either uh, He's just there because his the the shit movie that was imprinted on his taco. uh, Dr. Sunshine uh, Was uh, the one that Slowick saw on his only night off in months, and he just thought it was a really shit movie uh, and it just reminded him of another artist who lost his purpose, and therefore he had to die. Which you know, man, I think- could you could you imagine if, like,
3: after months of doing comment and commentary, out, we just have like one of those Guardian journalists come on, and at the end, well, I'll just leave it there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, at the end, they just they, they um they play a tone that liquefies all your brains.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the gray note. Um, yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, his assistant maybe has the the the, the best reason yet given uh, uh, for dying. Uh, Ray finds. asks which school did she go to? She answers Brown. He asks, Do you have student loans? She says no. And then he's like, Well, that's that, that's why you have to die. Oh, um. well, there you go. Asked and answered. <laughs> I mean, that's that's you know seem, seems fair in anything. Um, Margot then, for, for reasons I won't bother explaining, uh, checks out uh, his house, uh, has a has a sort of a knife fight with uh, the Bane woman who runs the service, Elsa. She wins, Elsa dies, um, and she finds a radio and calls in the Coast Guard to say, help, help, come save us. You know, the, the restaurant's gone mad, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Um, but it later turns out that the coast guard—they call this all just in on the game—and it's not really a rescue. It's just, you know, another part of the uh, part of the effort. But while she is in um, Ray Fiennes' house, she does notice like a series of pictures of him and and, and his career. And it's like you see the first picture of Ray Fiennes as a as a young man uh, cooking um, just a a, a regular uh, American cheeseburger. Um, so dinner resumes it's all gone very bad at this point but margot um decides to you know not give in to uh, to, to, to break the pattern and to not give in to the menu and says i want to send uh, this food back because i'm actually not enjoying any of it because it's um it's not made with any real love it's just an intellectual exercise and I don't know, she tells of, she tells off ray fines for not for just being a weird obsessive and not actually cooking with with love or with care and attention it's just like his life has just gone slightly slightly weird um which you know fair dues that's that's probably probably true um it does all seem a bit like scientific and and cold and dead uh, even though i would still yeah i hate it. i
3: hate fucking i'm i've never been to one of these places but i hate the concept of a restaurant where it feels like you have to do homework
1: before you go yeah
2: oh i could i could tell you about some fucking places
1: well, we have some time. go for it. <laughs> uh,
2: I, I've been to I went to one so I went to one uh, where they give you like a little dictionary of oh. how they define different words. like so for them, menu is um, <laughs> a, a, is a chronological arrangement of experience, that kind of thing.
0: Oh. And, uh, you know what it
2: is, is uh, it was I mean it was and so, and it was so annoying, but I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna take this at face value enjoy it for what it is and it was actually much nicer when I when I just sort of allowed all of the sort of weird intellectualization to just kind of wash over me uh, and then I was like oh yeah okay fine cool I'm not gonna because if you try to grapple with it it's like you're wrestling with a pig right you know you <laughs> both get covered in mud but the pig enjoys it so you know, just <laughs> just be like oh hey cool you've presented the first course as a folder of dried leaves but one of them is a candied sage leaf and you presented me with a small amount of cultured butter I'm with a stick that I'm to apply to the candied sage leaf and oh the next course oh you don't believe in plates huh on every table there's a sculpture made of broken plates to show how much you don't like plates <laughs> oh what's this, this is um this is like a a, 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 a disc of beef carpaccio served on a on a freezing cold brass doorknob delicious oh the next course it's a plaster cast of a human face with caviar and roasted pine nuts in the eyes that you scoop out with a bit of apple brittle. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> Again, this I'm not making any of this up. This is all No, I'm no,
3: no. Right. I, believe you, I, I believe you. I I was watching this movie. When I was watching this movie, I had a big bowl of chicken nuggets.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I just come back from doing the trash future stream, so I st- I turned it on at midnight. <laughs>
1: no god uh, it, but you know it's it's yeah for me the most annoying thing is when you go to these types of places and it's like the waiter spends like 15 minutes explaining every course and it's like i'm interested but i'm not that interested and also everything's just going like called a miserable uh and i want to talk to my partner and you know not you yeah, yeah. not but not all the time that would yes, give me like, like, I, I, I would like
2: i would like to free you from the prison of having to give this speech again yeah
0: yeah that, <laughs> That that that's the crippling anxiety of me having also worked in like restaurants and shit, albeit dog shit ones. Um, like as far see, so long as I don't send food back, I feel like I've done someone a favor. That I, I'm that guy who will just <laughs> never make a fucking fuss ever. So if someone came up to me with a fifteen minute fucking presentation on the food I was going to eat, I would starve to death rather than interrupt them and say, "Can I please just get the food?"
3: <laughs> Look, well, I, mean, I, I am perfectly happy to have. Wait, staff, come over to me. Ask if my food's okay while well, I've got like a whole mouthful of like rib or whatever. And that is that is all the all the like dialogue that I require. Like even if like just ordering through an app, that's all fine. Like just let's just do that.
0: We we do do that on purpose, by the way. Um, we purposely used to time it so that I would only go up and ask how is your meal when everyone's <laughs> mouth was full. I get so fucking good at sneaking <laughs> tables with that shit, and it is the only small joy you ever get in that fucking business.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh i mean did, anyway so uh <coughs> marjorie taylor green says i haven't been enjoying the food just give me like uh you know an, an an honest old school cheeseburger and she does get you know that cheeseburger looks incredible i would eat that any time of day that you know it's a full plate there's crinkle cut fries on it it's you know it's a double cheeseburger what more do you want mm-hmm. it just looks really Look good. good best meal yeah, of
0: the night good?
1: like correct yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, no, probably actually the 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 um, the nicest meal of the evening, um, nicest dish of the evening. Jesus Christ! Um, even though they even there they're doing like the slightly fancier thing of like the smash burger, like you know with the little round ball and then smashing it into the mm. in, into the grill. Fine, so, whatever,
3: like I'll, I'll let whatever that bullshit is slide. I still I still don't particularly understand the appeal of that method of cooking a burger, but fine.
1: Yeah. So she, you know, because she also. Uh, um, Allows for a brief moment, uh, Chef Slavic to reconnect with his past when he actually, obviously, still had passion and joy for cooking. Uh, he says, "You are actually free to go." She gives him ten bucks. You know, she doesn't tip, which seems a bit shitty if I'm honest. Wages being what they are in the yeah, U.S. Yeah, I mean,
2: hey, right, you didn't tip. You're not leaving
1: after all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: I mean,
3: I do feel like a sort of a pisser in the ocean a little bit if the entire weight staff is about to die. Just a yeah, little but, bit of a but waste. But
2: everyone still puts, pulls out their credit cards. This is where I think it it gets overly stylized, where everyone pulls out their credit cards and offers to pay even though they've now just accepted that they're going to be killed and seem kind of fine with it.
1: Well it's you know it's it's part of the mechanical process like what do you do at the end of the evening you know like hopefully you don't do that pissy thing where everybody's like yeah but I I only had appetizers and you had I don't know a fish thing and then I I want to pay like 5 cents less than you which is the most annoying way ever
2: I, I guess I wanted the movie to sorry I'm, I'm bringing it back to the you know movie movie chat but I guess I, what I wanted is I wanted this movie to earn more of its odd conceits like I wanted it to earn the uh sort of death cult staff more like the most interesting part of the death cult staff was when the um the 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 the, the female sous chef uh talks about how oh this whole menu thing was her idea mm. right and again that's sort of a reference to um it's, again that's a reference to episodes of chef's table where they talk about oh yeah well this was my idea and now it's his on his menu and it's always going to be his thing but i came up with it in the pitch meeting whatever right um and at in fact, that's the most interesting, because rather than just being automatons, they are people who are choosing to be automatons. That's an interesting thing to explore. Uh, also, like, we, we don't really get the, the moment where the customers, we don't get the moment where the customers break and accept. seem to be happily accepting their fate. They go from whipping chairs against the wall to um, just deciding that, you know what, it's best that I'm killed by this fucking weirdo. Yeah. Or, or uh, even like, I deserve that, when, when to that, be killed. Yeah, and and I feel like they just they don't earn it. It just flips. It just flips to being the case when it's convenient for the film. Like it, it's an enjoyable yeah. movie to watch, but I felt like these grant. as it becomes more cartoonish, it feels like it becomes more cartoonish at moments where it's convenient, as opposed to in ways that feel earned and natural.
0: I would. Yeah, I would agree with that. That that's yeah. Yeah, I think I think they do try and address like some of that and in the film as it is but yeah they don't do it in a good enough way like why don't the excuse me why don't the customers simply use horrific violence to escape and like well they've been shown that if you put any sort of effort into escaping then violence will be inflicted on you and everyone just goes well that's fine then I just won't try that and yeah that, that is a bit kind of
1: not great mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know it, yeah. it's,
2: it's just, and I think it's, it's the moment where they all seem to accept their fates we don't get because we go from not accepting their fates to accepting their fates, but we don't get the moment where they break. Mm, That's no. the interesting moment.
1: Yeah, no, they they do kind of weirdly like gloss over it, um, but 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 then like the so we're in anyway. Uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene has escaped. She's on the boat. She's enjoying her cheeseburger. You know, she she's the the only person uh, who comes out of the the movie alive and is around to do uh, pull ups later on. Um, yeah. Anyway, everyone left in the room has essentially like accepted not only that they're going to die, but their guilt and you know part their part in ruining Chef Slowik's lives and ruining the lives of the staff and everybody else in the room. Essentially, um, so we do, <laughs> we, we do. I, I still don't know how to feel about this ending scene because it is so wildly over the top and strange, but it's also just stupid and very very funny. Um, it's I oh, did of... you
3: enjoy all of the hats.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah. The 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 little uh, essentially um Chef Slowick gives a little speech about like that the most like over engineered chemical worst bit of food is the s'more uh, because it's just bad chocolate produced under slave conditions, industrial little crackers, marshmallows which are just spun sugar with chemistry, uh, but they are transformed by the magic of fire. And whilst yeah, they, I did
3: feel, like, mm-hmm. I did feel it was a little weird for him to get a bit to get so like no ethical consumption like right now, all times.
2: Comes out of fucking nowhere.
1: Yeah. I mean, I will say, though, because, like, but he is right in the sense that, like, the individual ingredients of a s'more are pretty horrendous. When, but when you put them together and you eat them, you know, next to a fire, they are incredibly good and tasty. And I really want one right now. Like, they're so good. I had them a lot when we were in the U.S. last year. It was so nice. They're so good. Um, but, you know, maybe, maybe it's more of a memory thing. Um, so you get a combination of, like, a, um, a, a sort of another high concept... Restaurant uh, uh, that does this as like a dish where the dessert is like something called like the mess on the table or something, and there are no plates. They just like smear sauces and cookies and crumb things all over the That's table, and d- table. That's just from
2: Chef's <laughs> Table. That's just a scene from Chef's Table.
1: Yes, That's it what is. This
2: is this is what I got sort of also annoyed at this movie because again, it, it's all they're doing is pastiching this shit together slapping a bit of very thin class analysis on top of it and then saying (laughs) what if it was bad what if it was evil in what and again what if it was evil in ways that we're not really going to explore the ways that it's actually evil or not that deeply it's not going to be foregrounded what if uh, everyone is making a very shallow aesthetic choice uh and and what if you're all going to be punished for your ultimately bad aesthetic choices because you've chosen to do the bad consumption under capitalism you've you've chosen to patronize this restaurant without really experiencing it you've chosen to engage in this thing that's you know it's um that that's very exploitative and you don't even have the decency to say thank you etc etc it seems to really focus on the and you don't even have the decency to say thank you uh rather than the actual central thing they could have focused on it was that that was the moment where i kind of my annoyance with this film actually did uh, otherwise like a finely executed movie just annoyingly pastiche when they were like oh yeah and we're gonna kill them with a scene from chef's table
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah but you gotta admit like the the sort of colombian uh necktie style where everybody gets like a big collar of marshmallows fitted on them is very funny like just purely as a visual, I just enjoyed that on a purely visual level. I was just like, I don't, I don't care how how cheap of a ripoff of um, of Chef's Table this is, but just like, well, I'm it's just not even a
2: rip-off of Chef's Table. It just is Chef's
1: <laughs> Table. <laughs> I tell
0: you what, though, I would very much like one of those hats that is just a big Rolo.
3: Yeah, yeah. I think I think we could all agree on that. Mm.
1: <laughs> yeah, a big Rolo fez. That'd be all right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So essentially, uh, the restaurant goes up in flames. Uh, Ray Fine sets himself on fire. The staff dies. Everybody dies. Um, Marjorie Taylor Greene is sitting on the boat watching the restaurant explode. The end. Uh, and also, the that-
3: Burger wipes them out with the with the menu with the literal menu. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Um. So you know, that's that's the menu. Uh, Riley, thank you very much for dropping by and uh, you know exposing your annoyances, enjoyments, and also your personal sins with us. Uh, It's been it's been a treat. That's what
2: podcasting is for.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Um. And I think that all. I don't know. Do we want to do plugs and things? I have something to plug. uh, Oh yes, of course. i
2: plug yeah. uh, I'm plugging. Damn it! So Damn it! <laughs> you you may know me from my podcast Trash Future, but we just realized something uh, as a podcast, which is that some combination of my of me, Alice, Devin, and Milo sometimes have been doing a Twitch stream where we just like watch and riff over YouTube videos on Mondays and Thursdays that we have forgotten to advertise on the podcast <laughs> once ever. For years now, we've been doing it, and we have just never mentioned it before. So come check us out on Twitch on Monday and Thursday nights from nine to eleven. Yeah,
3: maybe maybe you'll get to watch a blank screen of our Twitch when uh, we
2: (laughs) forgot to turn it off.
0: Oh yeah, pro pro stuff as always from this podcast. Yeah, Uh, yeah. No, do do check it out. Check out Trash Future um, and all other associated projects. And yeah you can get us patreon.com forward slash praxiscast. You can see us on twitch as well, which is twitch.tv false praxiscast and you can get me at praxiscast.tmail.com and with that we will see you all. Yep,
1: goodbye. Cheers. Cheers everybody.